Normally my mod pizza order is like the white sauce with red peppers, roasted garlic, mm. mushrooms, red onions. Um, so pretty simple but delicious and like basil if they have it. But mm, they yeah. didn't have basil and they didn't have mushrooms. So I got some other stuff instead to see if it would be good. So I ended up getting like hmm. artichoke and peppers and onions and spinach and stuff. So I mean, it was I good. It's not as good as my normal mod order, but it was still good. You had to modify it. I did. I had to modify my mod. <laughs> what do you normally get for your mod or your oh. homemade pizza? I suppose. I don't know. I haven't gone to mod in a while, but I do know that I always get like the white sauce and usually it's some chicken. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at home, usually we have green pepper. Sometimes we'll have um, pepperoni or sausage, but it's usually always green pepper, mushrooms, and onions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the best combo. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I love green peppers with mushrooms. And the red onions are good. And sausage mm-hmm. with it is really yummy. It's all good. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. We just want to remind everyone that we are not professionals, just animal enthusiasts. We love learning about them, talking about them, and discovering new ones. And all the crazy things that they can do. There are so many animals out there, and they are all so different. If we are misinformed, please email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so we can correct ourselves. Some of the things we say may also just be our opinions. So just a reminder, we are enthusiasts, not professionals. Thanks Thanks for for joining us. Enjoy! Welcome animal lovers and anyone else listening. (laughs) Whether you're an animal hater or an animal animal, welcome. Ooh, animal (laughs) haters out there. (laughs) What if we do have animal haters that just like hate our podcast? Maybe. Maybe you <laughs> they should just probably listen to something else that you might enjoy a little bit more. animals and learning about them makes them hate them more. <laughs> it's like when I learn about orcas, I just hate them the more I learn about them. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do an animal that an animal hater loves. Who knows? Mm. Well, if you're an animal hater, hopefully this helps you love them. <laughs> There's an animal out there for everyone. There is. There is. Okay. <laughs> first things first. Personal question. <laughs> personal question. Um, actually, <laughs> I have a joke for oh, this personal question. Perfect. That's what exciting. What is a dog's favorite breakfast food? Woofles? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Woofles. <laughs> yes i was like I, it's gotta be like bark or rough or woof <laughs> or barkin oh like bacon yeah like yeah barkin. um woofles is better though i rough saw cereal <laughs> that's good i saw the joke on a sign one of the, like you know a company's like billboard sign yeah um today and i was like oh that's a really good joke and then it actually 
I already had my personal question before I saw the sign, nice. which I thought was great. I so my personal question, <laughs> my personal question is, what is your favorite breakfast food? Oh, okay. <laughs> I see how it all ties together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it can be from like, if you have all the time in the world to make your breakfast food or like going out to eat oh. um, so you don't have to make it yourself to an easy small breakfast that you want to use every day. Or have every day, not use. Oh, man. That's hard. Because there's, like, the treats, you know, like, the ones that you mm-hmm. don't get often, but, like, they're special treat ones. And then there's the ones that you just always love, and they're just classic, you know? Yeah. Okay, if I'm in a hurry and I have them available and I'm like, I want this, like, especially when I was pregnant, I wanted toaster strudel all the time. Mm. If I could make homemade good. toaster strudel, oof, yes. Um, but it would be I all think over. <laughs> if I ever go somewhere and order breakfast, I mm. always get like, not always. I, I don't know. I really love pancakes. Like, you can do so many fun things with pancakes, and I feel like they're classic, and they're delicious, and you can change it to be whatever you want, so you can have plain with syrup, you could have, like, banana pancakes, you could do bananas with Nutella, you could do, like, I've had the cinnamon ones, where, like, you Mm -hmm. do a cinnamon swirl in it, or French toast is really good. Oh, breakfast food is just my favorite. Donuts! (laughs) I know, I know. Oh. Okay, I'm going to say an ideal breakfast platter that I would be so happy if someone made this for me or if I had the time to make it would be either pancakes or waffles and then with a side of hash browns because hash browns are the best Mm -hmm. and then for fun, a side of toaster strudel with a glass of milk and a glass of orange juice for whichever I'm feeling I want the more of. Nice. Sounds like a pretty good setup. Yes. And I think in this particular moment, I would want my waffles or pancakes to be buttered with fresh sliced strawberries and whipped cream. Nice. That's what I would be craving right now. (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's pretty solid. (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Pretty solid. Um, Yeah, this question was definitely hard for me to answer, too. I love breakfast food. Right? It's the best meal of the day. Um, but I was definitely like, ooh, just like quick on the go. I don't usually get them a lot. Uh, donuts. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but then if I'm like sitting down or if I have to sit down and make it or I have time to make it, I really like, and I really also like ordering this out, but you can't really, not a lot of places have them as like their breakfast option. I really like ordering crepes. Oh, I love crepes. And my, yeah, growing up, my family called them Flinza. And I've tried to track down that phrase, and my grandma swears it's Hungarian, but I don't think it is. We should ask uh, Laura, Lauren, Lorena. There we go. (laughs) Lorena, that's true. She's Hungarian. Um, Yeah, Lorena, if you're listening, do you know what Flinza is? Uh, Flinza, it's essentially the same as crepes. I don't know why my family just called them Flinza, but that's what I grew up calling them as. And then, uh, but now 
I'll order crepes all the time when I order out. I won't get them cold, though. I don't like them cold. They have to be warm, and I usually like them with fruit. Cold crepes? Yeah, I got cold crepes with, like, salmon. Oh, oh. Like salmon and cream cheese and capers. That sounds gross. It was awful. I mean, I'm happy to have, like, a salmon and a bagel sandwich or something cold or on my sushi. But I don't want it in my crepe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, Wouldn't recommend it. But I really like at home, I'll make them with um, strawberries or powdered sugar and syrup and And fresh fruit. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, do you do it like peach? Oh, you don't like peaches. Never mind. Nope. Or you can do a savory one with like ham and Swiss or like I like Havarti Mm. and cheddar. Yeah. We don't usually make savory ones at home. But I have gotten savory ones when I go out. Um, They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, crepes are just like like pancakes. You can add like anything to them. They're so good. Mm -hmm. Crepes are very good at being sweet or savory. Pancakes, I feel like, are more Mm -hmm. likely sweet. More sweet. I feel like they totally have potential to be savory. Mm -hmm. But they're usually sweet. But crepes, they're like a breakfast pancake burrito. (laughs) Yeah, they're like the tortilla of breakfast food. Yes, they're so good. I love them. Yeah. Not as durable, but still delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. There's a, a place I would, would eat in Malaysia, and they have, like, it's just, like, this little cart, and they have, like, this giant, like, crepe pan, and they would, like, pour the batter on, and then they had, like, this stick, and they would, mm-hmm. like, spread it out so it's even, and then they'd flip it, and then they'd put all the good stuff in it and, like, triangle fold it and then put it in, like, a little paper cup, and you just, like, gnaw on it. So good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so good. The crepe stations. So good. Yeah. One day, I'll One own day. a professional crepe station. <laughs> and it'll be my friend's station. <laughs> and it'll be different. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Crepes. That's a good one. Cool. You ready for trivia? trivia? Yeah. I'm ready. Okay. I have four things. Um, because I could not decide between them what to narrow down to the three. Okay. And then if you don't guess it by the end of your trivia, I will give you an option of a few movies that I've watched recently that inspired it. Because remember mm-hmm. I said I watched a movie and me watching the movie is what inspired the animal I picked. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Alright, so. The first one is what animal <laughs> is believed that the full moon um, plays a role in triggering their mating behaviors? Is it a werewolf? <laughs> no. Honestly, some of it's hundred percent a werewolf. <laughs> some of the things I have make it sound like it's fictional. Um. <sighs> Great. Okay. Okay. All right. So then the second question <laughs> is: What animal is not only found all over the world, but is also internationally protected? Ooh. Mm-hmm. The werewolf. <laughs> You ready for your third one? Yeah. <laughs> what animal doesn't have bones? A jelly 
jellyfish. Nope, it's not a jellyfish. Okay, and here's where it not having bones just, like, blows my mind. This is your last trivia. (laughs) What animal can weigh up to 5,300 pounds and can reach a length of 30 feet? Say 5,000 pounds. 5,300 pounds, and it can reach up to 30 feet. Long, like its length is up to 30 feet. Is it still aquatic? Was that a hint you gave me earlier this week? Um, I told you it doesn't live on land, is what their hint was. Is it, like, is it a stingray? It is not a stingray. Do stingrays get that big? I feel like stingrays are small. I don't know. I feel like they could get that big. <laughs> that would be terrifying because they sting you and they're like, they can be deadly. <laughs> yeah. Now I need to but look I up don't know. I was just thinking of get. like other aquatic things that <laughs> don't have bones. Do stingrays not have bones? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about stingrays. It's not a stingray. Didn't you guess a stingray earlier this week and you were like, they fly? And I was like, what? (laughs) I guess we'll have to do a different podcast on stingrays. (laughs) I guess so. Okay. Here are four, like, movies that I've watched within the last couple of weeks, which is what one of them inspired my animal decision. First movie, Edward Scissorhands. The second movie... Baby Einstein, because I watched that a lot with my child. The third movie, James Bond. Or the fourth movie, Moana. What animal is in Edward Scissorhands? <laughs> I didn't say it was in Edward Scissorhands. I just said one of these movies inspired my guess. <laughs> oh. Moana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moana is the movie that inspired my my decision. Moana. I don't have the stupid Moana song stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> it's one of Josh's favorite movies, and Havoc loves the music. <laughs> Moana uh, It's pretty good. I'm yeah. trying to think. Is it the crab no you ready yes it's a manta ray oh that's kind of like a stingray it is kind of like a stingray it's like the red panda all over again (laughs) yep that's why when you guessed stingray yesterday i was like nope Ah, man. Okay, that's cool. Wait, they don't have bones? They don't have bones, which we'll talk about. I will go over all of these things. Also, stingrays definitely do not get that big. (laughs) I do know that for a fact. (laughs) Ah, that's cool. Okay, sorry. I had to look at where the the manta ray was in Moana. Um, it's what the grandma's tattoo thing yeah. is and like what she comes back as. Yeah, and now I remember. Mm-hmm. 
the I don't know why the only animal I could think of in Moana was like the rooster, <laughs> which obviously it wasn't. <laughs> hey, and hey. the crab, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. the giant crab. What if there were yeah. giant crabs that big, man? That'd be terrifying. Okay, yeah, as big as your five thousand pound manta ray. That's huge, <laughs> right? I didn't realize how big manta rays get. They get huge. Okay. So a manta ray and a stingray are not the same. Nope. And that is the first thing I will talk about is the difference between oh. the two. All right. Okay. So, cool. So I'm ready. general information is manta ray versus stingray. <laughs> so both of them belong to the order of my leopatiformis. Oh. Oh. Um, and manta rays did evolve from stingrays, but manta rays do not possess the tails that stingrays do or the barbs. They don't have stingers or barbs, um, so they can't sting you like a stingray can. Manta rays also travel through open ocean, unlike stingrays, which are bottom dwellers, and then their mouth is located on the front edge of their head rather than a stingray's is like on its underside. So they differ in basically almost every way other than the fact that they're from the same order because they're different in size, diet, lifespan, intelligence, temperament, mating rituals, taxonomy, behavior, eating, like what they eat. So they, everything that we go over, stingrays and manta rays are different. So huh. they both live in the ocean cool. and they both come from the same order, but they're nothing alike. <laughs> But manta rays are ginormous sea monsters. Yes. Yes. But they're very gentle. We'll talk about them. Honestly, the more I learned about them, I was like, these are so cool. They're so cool. They're probably one of my new favorite animals. Now I understand why you're like, I don't think it's a mammal. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's actually a fish. But it, we'll talk about it. like a few of but the it things doesn't have about it that I'm like, I know we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I promise okay, we will talk I'm about ready. all the things. <laughs> all right. I'll just let you go for it. <laughs> okay. So in 2008, um, they discovered that because up to that point, they thought there was only one species of manta ray. But then in 2008, they discovered that there's actually two species. So there's the giant oceanic manta ray, which is the one that gets up to like 30 feet long. Um, And they're a lot more elusive and more rare. And then there's the reef manta rays, which are smaller and more commonly known. And they're pretty much the same, except for their size and environment is like their only differences. So other than that, they're the same. So we're talking about manta ray in general, which covers both of them. And then when there's like a difference between the two, I will specify. So, um, the word manta is derived from the Spanish and Portuguese word for cloak and blanket. <clears throat> oh, cool. So that's how they got their name. And then they're a type of ray. Uh, and then manta ray babies. Man. No. Manta ray babies are called pups. <laughs> which I Aww, think is that's so cute. cute. <laughs> Not what I would imagine. <laughs> I know. They're just like, I feel like they should have been like throw blanket or something. 
Pillow. They're actually baby blankets. <laughs> there you go, baby blanket. <laughs> what do people call baby blankets? There's like, I call mine my snuggle blankie. What do you call yours? Do you have a baby blanket? I never really had a baby like... blanket. And I think we just called my brother's like... his baby blanket or his rainbow blanket because it's rainbow colored. Nice. Huh? Blanky. I wonder what my kid will call his baby blanket. He's got a few. Anyways, so their appearance for the people who don't really know what they look like. Um, they are a fish, but they don't look like a fish. <laughs> they look more like a stingray. Um, they are large and they're flat diamond shapes with triangular pectoral fins that resemble wings when they move. And then they have, like, two horn-shaped fins that extend out from the front of their heads. Um, and then they are very large with lateral eyes. And then they're wide with uh, terminal mouths. And are, their mouths, there we go, are located on the front end of their heads. So they kind of, like, hammerhead style almost <laughs> mm-hmm. with their eyes. But they have, like, those, like little horn-looking fins at the top of their heads. Mm -hmm. So some people call them devil fish, and there are devil rays, which are different than manta rays. Okay. Um, So I didn't talk a lot about, like, people calling them devil fish or anything like that just because there is a devil ray, and I didn't want to get confused. Um, And then they... The females are typically larger than the males, so... The reef manta rays wingspan can be from 11 to 18 feet long, which is through about 3 to 5 meters. So that's, like, from tip to tip. Um, and then they okay. weigh an average of fifteen to 1,600 pounds, which is 700 kilograms. That's they're crazy. They're still pretty big, even though they're the smaller ones. So then the wingspan of the giant oceanic manta ray is what can reach up to 30 feet in length. Which is like the same as a killer whale. It's crazy. They're huge. And they can weigh up to 5,300 pounds. <laughs> They're so big. And that's like from the biggest one that they've ever found, like recorded. Um, right, right. So, like, average is a bit smaller than that, but that's as big as they can get because that's as big as, okay. like, the biggest one they've found. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> And then, for comparison for their size, the largest great white shark ever recorded, which is still alive, so they only have estimates of her size, but her name is Deep Blue. Um, She's about 20 feet long, and it's estimated that she is 5,000 pounds. Okay. And that's the biggest great white shark that they have found. And our giant manta ray is bigger than that. That's so crazy. Right? They're bigger than great white sharks. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> uh, I did not expect them to be that large. Um, <laughs> all right. So they come in two types of colors. They either have like a chevron kind of coloring with black um, backs and white bellies. Some of them are mostly all black or they have some distinctive patterns and spots on their bellies, which is, they're all, like, unique markings similar to fingerprints. So when you see them in the wild, you can tell 
which manta rays, which manta ray, if you see them, like, regularly coming back through migration based on their design and patterns on their bellies. So, they're That's all really uniquely cool. marked. Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, they have the biggest brain-to-size ratio of any cold-blooded fish. Huh. Um, so they have really big brains. <laughs> they're so smart. Um, they are because they do exhibit a level of intelligence similar to that of dolphins, elephants, and primates. Huh. So they're really smart. <laughs> they are really smart. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and yes, they don't have bones, but their skeleton is made out of cartilage. Okay. So they have okay. a cartilage skeletal system. Um, but because of that, it makes it really hard for people to research them for how long ago they existed because their bones don't really fossilize because <laughs> they're that cartilage. So it's really hard to get history on them. So their conservation, do you want to guess what they're classified as? Oh, I don't know. I feel like they're pretty safe. No? Are they in danger? They are classified as vulnerable. Oh my gosh. That's sad. Mm -hmm. Not what I would have guessed, but... I know. The IUCN has classified them as vulnerable. um, Both species. So since 2011, manta rays are fish that have been protected in international waters by an international treaty. And many countries have placed bans on fishing them. So, they're not only protected by international treaties, but also by personal countries' rules and things, which is cool. So, they are internationally protected. Yeah. Um, So, history. They have been around since the Jurassic period, 150 million years ago. Uh, there's no evidence of past rate, like, manta rays being larger than what our giant one is, um, but that doesn't mean that there weren't any bigger ones, they just Mm -hmm. don't have the evidence (laughs) because of their skeletal system. Um, but then about 95 million years ago, there was a species known as the eagle shark, and it was, it combined aspects of a shark and the rays. So it had like the, so it's like a prehistoric fish no longer exists, but it had the long wings like a manta ray, but then it had the body of a shark. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) Super crazy. Um, But based on what they have of that, uh, those fossils, it only measured to be like six feet long. So it's not very big compared to the giant ocean manta ray. Yeah, that's it's yep. weird. <laughs> I know. I that's it like was a weird combination. I feel like I it would almost look like a, a shark plane with like the stingray arms. You know, <laughs> the little wings. It's so funny to me. I feel like yeah. it's like Dumbo, but instead of really big ears, they have really big fins. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be like a really awkward little airplane. It would like, be. <laughs> almost like it's funny to imagine. JJ the jet plane kind of, you know? <laughs> it's like, not yeah. quite right. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I 
love it though. It's funny. Um, but that's all I have for history because there, it was really hard to find stuff. <laughs> nice. So, environment. Where can you find a manta ray? In the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, everywhere in the water, probably salt water. What was so, like, the, the last oceans. bit you said? I said probably salt water. Salt water. You would be correct. It is the oceans. Okay. (laughs) So the reef manta ray tends to be found and lives along coastlines, um, really close to like the Indo-Pacific. And the giant oceanic manta ray usually is found in like more bigger open ocean areas. Um, But you can find them in all the major oceans. But they are usually going to be found in tropical and subtropical waters. Um, They do migrate, so, like, they just follow where Mm. the food is. Um, That's cool. And there's not a lot they know about their their migration. They're trying to learn, but it's really hard. Um, But they know that they come back to certain areas um, around different times. But they mostly just follow the food. And the really big ones are, like, happy to be out in the open ocean, away from land, while the other ones are happy to be more around the reef. Um, Home is where the food is. (laughs) Home is where the food is. (laughs) In deeper waters, the manta rays um, have often been seen diving to depths of around 2,000 feet, but they have been known to go deeper on occasion um, because they do have very powerful wings that can propel them through the water pretty quickly so yeah the oceans mostly the tropical and subtropical ones but you can find them the big ones at least almost anywhere nice they migrate um so what they eat and how they catch their food it's actually pretty cool what do you think they eat fish (laughs) sometimes Fish and krill, maybe? I don't... I'm not sure yeah. about krill. So, mm-hmm. they're really big. You'd expect them that they could, like, easily eat big things. Oh, yeah. They could easily actually... eat a whale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Whales are pretty big. <laughs> maybe a dolphin. <laughs> a killer whale. <laughs> Definitely some big fish. <laughs> um, but they're actually filter feeders. So, their diet mostly is plankton and small organisms and, like, shrimp on occasion. But usually it's, like, zooplankton is what they mostly eat. Um, That's so weird. Which I think is super weird. Yeah, it's like like those really big whales, like, humpback whales that eat, like, krill or, like, like these giant beasts eating these tiny, tiny things. So crazy. Um, My stomach just can't handle it. (laughs) I guess. So they're believed to consume fairly large quantities of these little tiny guys. And then on occasion, like once in a while, they do catch a few smallish to medium, like moderate sized fish. Um, but they, how they catch their food is they um, do barrel rolls where they'll stay in one place and they engage like in chain feeding sometimes. And then several fish will follow like each other and do like a cyclone effect so they're basically like just turning the water against other animals that they need to like consume it so they 
Yeah. And they just huh. swim around with their mouths, like, super open. <laughs> so they hold those, um, like, little horn-shaped fins in, like, an O shape. And then they swim through it, and it pushes the water into and the food into their open mouths. And then once they get a good mouthful of water and plankton, they end up pushing it over what they call their gill rakers, um, which are like these giant filters to separate out the food and push the water back out. And then they just kind of keep doing that, and that's how they do it. So they basically just like swim through with their mouths wide open after they do all these things to basically cluster the plankton together, get a mouthful, and filter it out and eat the fish or eat the plankton. Huh. So, so they're just pretty cool. giant filters. Yeah, they're literally giant filters. They're called filter feeders. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're just, just going to get some giant Brittas. It's fine. Threats and predators. What do you think eats a manta ray? What what eats a manta ray? <laughs> what do you think eats a manta that, ray? I don't know. Something must eat them if they're vulnerable. Um a shark. Sharks are one of them. Uh whales? A what? Wh- whales? 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 Are you saying a whale? <laughs> yes. I just keep hearing all. All. <laughs> I don't know what an all is. All. <laughs> Honestly, that's great. Um, <laughs> it's a whale. My guess is a whale. A whale. An, a, a whale? <laughs> An owl? An owl? <laughs> uh, killer whales also eat them, so sharks and killer whales. <laughs> Great, so my all was correct in some sense. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, their other threat is climate change that's affecting their food source. So it's not totally affecting them, but it's affecting their food source, uh, which does in return affect them. That makes sense. Um, and then the last main threat is humans. Because mm, we suck. Of course. Maybe those animal haters love how much humans suck boo um so the main threat from humans comes from us catching them for food and because they're considered a delicacy and then also because their gill rakes um are believed to be part of a traditional chinese medicine which claims to boost the immune system by reducing toxins and enhancing blood circulation it's also believed to cure cancer chickenpox throat and skin ailments, male kidney issues, and, of course, fertility issues, which is dumb and lame because none of these things have been supported by science, nor has it been supported or found in traditional Chinese medicine textbooks. So even, like, the ancient traditional Chinese medicine things don't even claim it. So it's, like, some weird new thing that someone's like, 
this is a traditional Chinese medicine, but if you look at the traditional Chinese medicines, it doesn't have it in there. It's it's dumb. <laughs> so. That's so dumb. It is so dumb. Behavior. They live alone or in small groups, so they're kind of solitary. They're not super, like, social, but they're fine to be, like, in crowds and groups with one another. Um, mostly just because they, like, congregate where the food is, so they're fine to share their wealth of food. They're not really protective or anything. Um, and then they are considered predators and hunt deep below the surface of the sea, but they're not, like, predators to one another or anything big. They're just predators to smaller plankton, um, and shrimp. But they also... So they're really friendly and they're not aggressive. Um, people are like, they're really friendly towards humans as well. They're like not super shy or weird. They're just really gentle and mellow and like, yeah, whatever. They're pretty cool. Um, nice. So manta rays, also I think this is super fun and cute, is they visit something called cleaning stations, which are spots on a coral reef where sea animals go to be cleaned by smaller creatures. So they'll Aww. go there and then they stay still for several minutes while cleaner fish remove parasites and dead skin. And then That's many of cute. the individual manta rays will return to the same stations over and over and over. <laughs> That's so cute. It's like a little pit stop. I think it's so cute. <laughs> like a little manor car wash <laughs> yeah oh i imagine it as like race car pit stops you know where they go and they race around the tracks it's like in cars and then little guido comes out and he's like bzz, bzz. <laughs> so their life cycle how old do you think they live to be Twenty. I don't know why I'm asking you questions if I can't hear you answer me. <laughs> twenty. Twenty. Did you say twenty? Twenty. Two zero? Twenty. Yeah. Good guess. I'm holding but up no. my fingers. Older. <laughs> oh. Fifty. Yes, they do live to be fifty years old. Oh. Good job. <laughs> Um, so most females are fully mature at the age of 15, and that's when they can start to reproduce, so they have a really, like, late maturing period. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then they can give birth every two to three years. So, here's the thing. They believe that the full moon is one of the things that can trigger their mating behaviors because they actually don't know like what triggers them to be like ready to mate or in heat or how they symbolize it in any way but based on like charts of them regularly like observing their I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Basically, based on the research they've gathered and the timing of it all, a lot of the times it, like, lines up with full moons and stuff like that. So they're like, maybe the full moon, like, triggers this behavior or something. So they believe that's a thing based on the research they've done and 
stuff. <clears throat> but they That's still really don't know. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So, prior to mating, males will um, appear to court females by following closely behind them until mating begins. And sometimes several rays try to court the female, which creates a train. A manta train, if you will. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so these manta trains are groups of 25, like 20-ish males, um, all chasing the same female, and they just follow her around for weeks. And then eventually, oh all of them will just slowly, like, give up and go off on their own and, like, leave her be. Um until there's one left and that is the one that she will mate with so it's often the most fittest and the strongest male because mm. he's the one that stuck around for the weeks just following her as like all these other little train carts and cabooses decide to go their separate ways it's an endurance run survival of the fittest so the male will then fertilize the eggs and then a single live pup is born and um, their gestation period is about 12 to 13 months. Yeah, just one. Sometimes two, but it's really rare. It's usually always just one. Um, but, so, a manta pup hatches from an egg inside of the female, and then she gives birth to a live pup. So that's why it's like, maybe they're mammals? <laughs> because they have live birth, and then I wasn't sure if they, like, breathe underwater if they come up for air or whatever i didn't know so they have and then there's a few other things that i was like mammal but they're not they are fish they're not mammals okay um but they like sharks and some snakes though it's like that similar thing of like the egg hatches inside and then they birth the live baby um and then the baby pup reef manta rays will have a wingspan of three feet at birth while the giant manta rays pup will have a six-foot wingspan. So, even though they're babies, they're still pretty big. The uh, giant one is bigger than me at birth, and the reef manta ray at birth is almost as big as me. <laughs> Just a couple That's of feet short. That's ridiculous. That's so huge. Yes. I know. Imagine giving birth, like, but they're, like, rolled up. They're, like, one person described it as, like, rolled up little burritos. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. You're basically giving birth to this, like, little rolled up blanket burrito. And then it, like, unravels and it's, like, a little baby manta ray. <laughs> That's so funny. It's kind of like a little fruit roll up. It was. <laughs> There's a fruit roll up. <laughs> Breakfast burrito. Yeah, roll ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Ray the roll up. Um, so, uh, the small pups can take off uh, on their own after being born because they don't nurse or form a bond with their parents um, or the mom because after they mate the dad, like they don't stick together or anything. Um, so the young pup has to learn to feed them itself on plankton straight away for survival. And it does a pretty good job at that most of the time. And then, unlike most animals that give birth to live young, manta rays don't have placentas or umbilical cords. So that means that their fetuses have to get nutrients in some other way. 
So, they discovered that during their pregnancy, because for a really, like, they didn't know a lot about Manta Ray pregnancy until just, like, 2007 or 2008 or whatever, because um, they didn't know much about him, until they had some in captivity that they were able to do ultrasounds on. So, they discovered that the fetal Manta Ray repeatedly was opening and closing its mouth, which was indicating rhythmic breathing, known as buccal pumping and then it's similar to like what frogs and toads do when they expand their throats to intake air so in this case the manta wasn't breathing air but it was breathing the uterine fluid like kind of like the amniotic fluid in women when they are pregnant so it's kind of like that fluid um and then during like and then an anatomical change happens around birth, which allows the baby manta ray to transition to pulling in oxygen from the water. So it, like, makes that transition um, when it needs to learn how to breathe in the oxygen versus, like, when it was safe in the mom's egg sac. Hmm. So. Pretty cool. And then the last thing is, although they don't nurse... They do have the ability to nourish their developing embryos with, it says in quotes, milk from their uterine wall prior to birth, which I think is just so crazy. So it's like, they're very well evolutionized creatures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's one way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. Cool, weird facts. Um, I just, for this little bit, I'm just going to talk about some of their, the Chinese medicine stuff and how much money they're worth. Um, so due to their popularity in the Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine for their grill rakes, worldwide, the grill plate trade nets up to upwards of $30 million per year. Yeah. Um, And then in some parts of the world, these fish are regarded as a delicacy, costing anywhere from $40 to $500 for the meat per meal. Um, So, it's expensive. $500? Yeah, for a dead meat. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. But, here's the thing. New research shows that worldwide manta ray drive like a manta ray can drive 140 million dollars u.s dollars in tourism related revenues so Uh. the animals are a huge like tourist attraction for snorkelers and divers and tourists because they're more willing to pay to see manta rays than they are willing to pay to see sharks and turtles So, the study suggests that the animals are actually worth more left alive in the ocean than they are in the marketplace. Because remember, in the marketplace, they only bring in $30 million a year, plus, like, whatever they sell them for, for like, $40 to $500 per dead one, which isn't very much. But if you leave them alive, a single manta ray can bring in about $1.9 million over its entire lifetime. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Which kind of, they like roughed it out to about $100,000 a 
um, a year per manta ray kind of a thing. And there's a lot of manta rays if you leave them all in the ocean. But overall, it is better to leave them in the water because it will bring in more money and revenue than killing them. <laughs> you know what that means? What? Manta rays are making bank. They make a lot of money. <laughs> they do. If They're only a good investment. It, if only it came in zooplankton. <laughs> <laughs> Can you pay me in zooplankton, please? <laughs> I would like to be paid in different green things. <laughs> I imagine green. zooplankton is green. I imagine them to be, like, almost black and white like zebras for some reason. It's probably just from the Z. I don't know. Uh, We'll have to do zooplankton one day. Yeah. We'll just have to do plankton. (laughs) Not from Spongebob. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, famous ones. We talked about the one from earlier, from Moana, the grandma. Um, And then, according to IMDb, they're at least 52 movies with manta rays in them. But I don't Dang. Know. Yep. Um, Alright, but then here's the most famous one that I was able to find. Uh, <laughs> there is a rare pink manta ray and they named it after the Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther. Nice. So they call her the Inspector. So her name's like Inspector Clouseau, but they call her the Inspector. Um... And she has been seen fewer than 10 times since, uh, or he, sorry, he, since he was first spotted in 2015. That's cool. when, right, when biologists at Australia's Project Mantra first, um, they learned about Inspector Clouseau. They suspected that he got its color from, like, a skin infection or from something it ate. But then huh. they were able to find him, and then they were able to get a small skin biopsy from him, and they learned that it was actually something else incompletely, because instead of it being, like, an infection or from something you ate, it was actually a genetic mutation. Um, huh. So it's, like, this super rare genetic mutation that they don't know what specific one it is, but they think it's a mutation called erythism um which is a condition that causes animals to have a high amount of red pigment in their bodies okay and so some of the other animals that i discovered there's two that i discovered that have this rare mutation there's the strawberry blonde leopard (laughs) which is super cute and bubblegum pink grasshoppers which are just crazy. And there's links are... to these in the resources. That's cool. Those are both really cute names. <laughs> right? <laughs> Strawberry Blonde Leopard and Bubblegum Pink Grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. And then the rare pink manta ray that they call Inspector Cluzo. <laughs> yeah. Because All really cute names. Of pink Panther. 
So that's the most famous one that I found. Um, and then story time. There is a couple of books you can find on Amazon. There's like a couple kids books and picture books and other books to educate like Manta Ray versus the Devil Ray or the Stingray or whatever. And, um, there's one kids book that looks pretty cute. It's called Wings in the Water. And it was back from Aww. like, I think the 80s. <laughs> I don't remember. But and then there's um, one story I found from Hawaii, um, which was kind of cute and cool and just kind of eye-opening about how Hawaiians view manta rays. Or at least this, like, article described it as. Um, so, in Hawaii, the name for manta ray is Hahalua, um, which can be interpreted as two breaths. They believe when manta rays leap up out of the air, their experience from below transcends into our sphere, and their transcendence speaks to things that we do not yet know. So Hawaiians recognize that they need to honor the life within the ocean, that there the that there was a hierarchy given to the animals of the sea, and the simplest animals like coral and some of the fish versus like the higher forms, like the manta ray, um, and the deep divers can go or we cannot go, just understand more. So there's a lot to learn from them. So, That's cool. Yeah. It's kind of eye-opening on like how they kind of look at it. Like there's a hierarchy in the ocean. I was like, That's actually a really cool like way to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> These animals yeah. were like blessed with like a hierarchy based mm-hmm. on what they're capable of doing and how much they can, like, give us. So, lightning round! <laughs> um, I have a few things in lightning round, and then I have my special segment. Surprise. <clears throat> so, lightning round. They are extremely gentle and friendly creatures, and they are not harmful at all. They have never killed a human. <laughs> you can swim with them and they won't hurt you. Aww. Uh, even though they're giant. Just, you know, yeah. they can be fast. So just, you know, be gentle. <laughs> but for the most part, they're very, very gentle. Um, and then despite their large size, they can actually move pretty fast. Their top speeds are anywhere from 15 to 20 miles per hour. Um, and it helps them to get away from predators. Dang. And they're very agile, too. Like, they're super agile for their body size and, like, shape. Like, they're really good at maneuvering. Um, they nice. are capable of jumping out of the water, which I think is just crazy. Um, and then studies have shown that manta rays are able to create mental maps of their environment through smell and visual cues, and indicating which indicates a highly developed long-term memory. So they're putting that big brain to good use. Nice. And then they... What? I just said nice. Oh, yeah. It is nice. They have very good long-term memory. Especially because they migrate and, like, they were charting to see, like, if they recognized the same fish. So, like, the juveniles that were, like, born in a certain area, they would, like, migrate away. And then they would see the same ones come back year after year based on, like, their patterns. They're like, oh, that's that one. Oh, that's that one. So they were returning to the same places. Um, yeah, that's so cool. cool. Migration is just cool in general in animals. Mm-hmm. That instinct. Anyways, um, 
And then they have an immune function similar to that found among mammals, which is very advanced and very odd for a fish to have. Hmm. So they're very, like, that's the same thing with, like, them being able to feed their embryos, like, milk. But mm-hmm. it's not, like, real, I don't know, like, their, quote, milk, which is a very advanced thing for a fish to be able to do. It's just super bizarre. Um, yeah. And then the last fact is manta rays are the fifth largest fish in the sea. They come behind basking sharks, whale sharks, great white sharks, and tiger sharks. Except for I feel like they are bigger than great white sharks <laughs> and tiger sharks. Yeah. So it just depends because, like, the giant oceanic manta ray is huge, but then the reef manta ray isn't as big. It's still very big, but it's not as big. So. Yeah. I think it just depends. Huh. They are the fish largest fish in the sea, apparently. All right. It's pretty big. Are you ready for my last special segment? Wait. Can I have a manta ray as a pet? <laughs> no, you cannot have a manta ray as a pet. Oh. You can That's not what adopt the special one segment and is. donate money to it, though, and there's a link for that in our donations page. <laughs> oh, that's cool. My special segment is, is a manta ray your spirit animal? Ah. (laughs) If you can't have it as a pet, maybe it can be your spirit animal. Okay. (laughs) It's definitely not mine. (laughs) Okay. I definitely resonate more with the wolverine than the manta ray. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So. Manta rays are symbolic of balance and grace. They Cap. move with precision and have balance both in life and in water. <laughs> cool. So it's not they... me. <laughs> it gets better. They symbolize strength, adaptability, and the ability to handle high-pressure situations. They are symbolic for effortlessly navigating their chosen path and demonstrate how easily you can gather momentum when you move with confidence and self-assurance. I mean, all that stuff is pretty. Like, I feel like we can both relate to that one. But (laughs) the very, very end is what I'm like, nope. (laughs) Along with the balance and grace. Don't have that. Um, Having a manta ray as your spirit animal can mean that you are a free spirit and at one with nature. You will likely lead a stress-free life, not me, and find very little resistance in whatever path you take. Not because you take the easy route, but rather know how to navigate it with the least amount of resistance. You are also probably sociable and build very close and meaningful relationships with family and friends. Is the manta ray your spirit animal? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. I feel like it's too... It's too perfect. It's too graceful. Yeah. It's too just like... I've got It doesn't have enough anxiety to be my spirit animal. (laughs) Yeah, it's not... I can't... I'm not... Listeners, if you're a manta ray... You're something. If you're a manta ray, you're special. Spirit animal. Kudos to you. (laughs) Yeah, 
I am not. Help us out. I'm not balanced or graceful. I don't have precision. I, I, uh, I have far too much stress and anxiety. <laughs> I'm not sociable. <laughs> I'm yeah. very bad with navigating and direction. <laughs> I have a lot of self confidence, but <laughs> uh, I definitely doubt myself quite a bit. <laughs> So, definitely lots of effort on my part. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Not that's the manta story. ray. <laughs> nice. Thanks. That's cool. So, yeah. Gigantic. I don't, they're just gigantic. I didn't realize how big they gigantic are. Gigantic blanket fish. <laughs> yeah. Gigantic blanket Who are advanced and smart and... They yeah. seem terrifying, but they're actually just very gentle. And they're the ocean's filters. Just a giant filtration system. Cordless. Filters are cord. They have tails. <laughs> <laughs> you just plug them in. Uh, they do have a cord, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Just connect them to an electric eel. At least that eel. tail can't kill you. <laughs> True. Oh, gosh. Until next time, have a great week. And I hope you enjoyed learning about these giant, not death monsters, who are not fictional, even though they sometimes sound like it. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us, animal lovers. This has been the Animal Facts Podcast with Nicole and Jayla. Please rate, review, and tell all your friends so we can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. We are also looking forward to hearing from you, our listeners. So feel free to email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com with facts you want us to cover, facts you want us to correct, cool or crazy stories you have involving animals we have talked about in the past or may be talking about in the future, or any wild or domesticated (laughs) animals you'd like us to research and add to our list. We want to hear from you and feature your stories as well, so feel free to email them to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Animal Facts Podcast for updates and other random things. Click the link in the description for our resources, merchandise, and other cool things. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and supporting us in our animal discoveries and adventures. Our awesome drum roll is provided by my really cool brother and father-in-law, Ethan and Kent Polson. And a special thanks to my best friend, Jewel, for our music. Until, Until next time, bye! My random animal fact that has nothing to do with manta rays is about crocodiles. Oh! Crocodiles' tongues... uh, Crocodiles have a membrane that holds their tongue in place on the roof of their mouth so it doesn't move. So they can't stick out their tongue. Weird. But also that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and then the idea is that they developed this so that when they snap their jaws shut, they don't bite their tongue. (laughs) They don't bite their own 
tongue on accident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because the force that a crocodile can bite their tongue at is way harder than a human, and it would essentially yeah. cut off their own tongue. Uh, unintentional. Yeah. Um, so they can't stick it out in the first place. So they can't go... Smart. <laughs> they can't stick our, their tongue out at you. <laughs> so yeah. if you ever see a crocodile, you can be like, well, I can stick my tongue out. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can make silly faces at crocodiles and they'll probably just be sad. <laughs> oh, they'll just snap their jaws at you. <laughs> Swim yep. away. Be sad. So crocodile tears. Animal fact. <laughs> <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. I am. 